Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 222. I am Peter, and joining me, not as always, unfortunately, Matt's not here. There's a picture of my cat, Wesker, in his place. He's off for his birthday or something or other. Is Some birthday stupid shit. Yeah, birthday weekend with a wife. It's quite, quite frankly just selfish. Uh, mm. But uh, Connor is still here. It is, and I was here on my birthday, thank you very much. Uh, oh, yeah, on yeah. the day itself. Yeah. Also... We're recording this in a weird time. I mean, this might actually become more of a normal thing, depending on a uh, schedule. But Connor has a new job, which has pushed the recording forward. So it's actually very late on a Friday, which is why I'm drinking. This this is not the first. Let's just say that. So if I'm in a grumpier mood, because <laughs> I'm usually done by now on a Friday. If I'm in a grumpier mood, I'm just going to warn you now. I'll, I'll apologize to the audience. I'm not apologizing to Connor. Connor can take the brunt of it. But <laughs> I'm used to it. Let's be honest. But uh, everyone else can, you know, just brace themselves. So this is a DC Comics podcast. Every week we get together, we talk about DC Comics. And coming up on this week's show, we have Batman issue 100. We have Deceased Dead Planet issue 4, Justice League 54, Young Justice 19, Far Sector number 8, Legend of the Swamp Thing, Halloween Spectacular issue 1, and Connor did a Patreon book as well. So uh, that's all coming up on the week's show. Uh, Not a lot of news. We went looking... um, Solicits aren't coming till next week, so we should have some nice news next week. This week we have like one vague statement from Scott Snyder, which really ultimately doesn't really mean anything. Uh, no, we we got uh, him talking about future state, basically acknowledging that it's going to be um, a glimpse of glimpses of possible DC futures is what that event thing something is going to be. And uh, I mean, yeah, who knows? Um, but he, he did admit that metal is kind of tied into everything and um you know there, there are some changes he's had to make with uh 5g not happening to kind of tie into what the actual reality is going forward yeah it's basically what we expected uh, yeah the you know, other thing that i can think of was uh some comics hub stores pulled their resources and used the comics hub data to try and uh, recreate some sales figures in a in a post-diamond world Oh, you don't say! Do you have sales figures? Uh, kind of. I, 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 uh, Ryan Higgins' Twitter was uh, putting them out the other day. And again, these are not official. This is a sample of 75 stores out of like 3,000 in America alone. Uh, that is a reasonable sample. It is a random sample. It's spread across different cities, different states. But, it, you know, it's not truly representative of the, the the real numbers and I don't think it has numbers and also it's only based off of actual sales to customers rather than shop orders so it's a very different type of sales chart but, One could argue despite the fact that it's a sample of stores rather than all of them, there's maybe more accurate because it's actually sell-through rather than shelf copies rather than and... Yeah, uh, which I mean there's something to be said for that uh, this was just a couple of days ago that, that uh, Ryan Higgins was tweeting about this. So uh, I don't know if you're struggling to find it because he tweets a lot. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't uh, have access to it at the moment. Uh, I may have to look into this for the future, though, and it could mark a return of sales figures I'm, going I'm forward. I'm just scrolling through. Oh, I found it for you. Oh, oh go on. Do, 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 do you want me to just read them out? Uh, so they even did it by units and by dollars. So which, which would you prefer? Uh, units, I think. Units, so the this is for September. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty up to date. 
so number one was uh, Batman Three Jokers issue two. Oh, that's very um, up to date. That was like last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is uh, they give me the dates. Uh, it is from August thirtieth to October third. Uh, because I assume those are the Wednesdays slash Tuesdays that apply. Hmm. Um. Oh, that's uh, it's Sunday through till the the following, you know, uh, Sunday, like Sunday to Saturday, essentially over the month. So it's getting the full weeks. Because um, it's a five-week month, because of I, I guess there was five Wednesdays. Um, but number two was Batman ninety-eight. Again, not that surprising. That tends to be pretty high anyway. On on even on the the regular diamond list, that was up there. Uh, number three is also not surprising. Detective Comics one thousand and twenty-seven, because you know special issue, right? Thanks for saying something that's not number one. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, number four is Batman 99. Uh, five was Batman 3 Jokers issue one. I guess that was still selling through at that point of the month. Uh, I guess it came out quite late really in, in August. Batman on this. There is, yeah. Um, issue six is where we break away from Batman and DC entirely. We have X of Swords creation issue one. I don't know if that's X or 10, but it's an X-Men thing. And I know one of them's supposed to be 10, not X. Um, seven is just X Men Twelve. Uh, it says in brackets EMP XOSP. I have no idea what that means. Uh, eight is Thor. Seven. Nine was Iron Man number one. So new number one Iron Man. Um, on the sell through charts is significantly lower than where I would have expected it on, you know, actual diamond charts. And then uh, issue ten was the Dark Knight's Death Metal Trinity Crisis. Uh, one shot so a lot of dc uh, i think six out of the ten and they dominated the top five yeah that's not too bad yeah the only, the only really notable thing is in terms of dollars uh it's kind of what you'd expect detective comics 1027 jumps to the top um the three jokers two and then one are there uh the only other thing that comes in that wasn't in the top 10 i think was uh death metal speed metal comes in at number eight uh, everything else is a little bit muddled around, but kind of, you know, the same books. Not very DC heavy, which is... It is, and, and that's the thing, you know, this is only 75-odd <clears throat> store, or 85, sorry, 85 stores. Um, that This is a sample from, it's fairly small, and for, uh, I know, um, like, Ryan Higgins has, you know, posted on Twitter in the past that his store does tend to be, uh, you know, leans much more heavily towards DC than Marvel. Uh, and I'm assuming his store is, you know, attributing to these numbers. And I'm not saying he's cooking the numbers here or, you know, you know, boosting them that much. But for all we know, a majority of these stores that are taking part in this system do that, whereas that may not be representative of, you know, the sales at large. So, I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess. They're trying. It's something. That's something. Yeah. Um. Hey, that's pretty much it. There's, there's, there's really not a lot of news this week. It's, it's, it's the calm before the storm, before everything breaks next week with solicits. So mm. hopefully, we have some juicy stuff to talk about. And we expect it probably will be because we're expecting all this future state stuff. To yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's telling that I think technically the New York Comic Con online stuff was this week, 
but there was absolutely nothing comics related to it. We usually don't get a lot, but there's often a couple of announcements kind of timed alongside it. And I don't know if it's just because it's moved online this year or just, you know, you know the, the, everyone's doing their own thing, but there was, you know, nothing at all comic related kind of coming alongside it. There was, yeah. Because the, there was nothing even like announcement related at the, because they had like a digital Comic Con in the summer uh, for SDCC. Mm. And it was basically a non-event, to the point where fandom kind of made them look really bad, because DC's fandom, at least the first one, the second one was just kind of whatever, but... Yeah, yeah, the second one was just panels, not announcements, which, uh, I mean, I think some people were quite into for those things, but not for news. But the first one was, as far as digital events go, was up there, right? It's always about the news, though. What news? Uh, of course, of course. But I, I sometimes like just sitting down and watching, you know, panels in the background. They're, they're fun. Well, that's basically it news-wise this week. Uh, so, luckily, Matt will be back next week for all the juicy news. So, hmm. that's, a, that's, that's good. Um, yeah, and with Matt not here, there's no sport talk tangents. That's, a, that's I mean, nice. I can try if you really want. No, nah, no, nah, you, you, you can leave it just fine. Do you know what? It wasn't so late, I might have done, but I'll, I'll let you off this week. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into the books. We'll get into the books. Uh, so, we'll start off. Batman 100, James Tynion the fourth writing, uh, with Jorge Jimenez on the art and the main story, and then we also have Carlo Pigalain and Gillen March on the the backup stories, which I wasn't even sure this was, like, when I when I started to read this, I wasn't aware that it was going to be, like, a main story and backups. I, I really just thought it was going to be, like, a 50-page, like, finale to the whole thing. And it could have been. I don't think anyone would have been surprised. No, no. Uh, not that the main story felt sort of changed, uh, by any means. It's just kind of what I expected. Uh... I mean, Tynan is really good at tugging on her bat, like, love, because having Barbara start this book, because we knew she was going off to the clock tower uh, last, last, you know, the last issue, but her, like, you know, taking off the curl and putting on the glasses and saying Oracle is back, as we see, like, you know, Steph and Cass and their, their new bat suits that we saw. Uh, yeah, from, and I mean, that, that's the, the final panel and final line of dialogue on the first page is, Oracle is back online. You're like, okay, you're in, you're, we're in for a treat. Yeah, you know, and we have Billick standing up to the corrupt decisions and saying, no, we're going to do this off books. Hell with a badge. I, uh, I realize when he's like, oh, what, what would Jim have done? He's like, oh, I don't even have to watch. Yeah, you know, uh, his badge I, down. I really like this Bullock. And, you know, and then we go straight to Nightwing, who's in blue, and we have Babs and Nightwing. Not only are they, they chatting and talking about him being back in the, the Nightwing suit and all that, but... There's even jokes where she's like, hey, there's someone behind you. She's like, I already saw him. She's like, no, you didn't. Like, there's this bickering. There's this, the, the wonderful banter of Babs it's, and Dick already uh, there. And, and so, you know, so I'm very impressed by in this issue is, is Tynan did confirm in his newsletter this week that 100 was originally supposed to be his final issue. Yeah. The, you know, essentially confirming those rumors about 5G were kind of true in some ways. Ah. We would have been relaunching with a new Batman uh, next month. Um, maybe they'd have spaced out these last couple of issues. Who knows uh, if they wanted to launch in the new year or whatever. But um, and he said, you know, he he struggled because he had to really pivot with his writing. So he learned fairly late because he was working on double shipping schedules. He was working ahead, uh, and then had to realized he was staying on it and had to kind of reconfigure his stories to to work long form. Um, I think I think he's done a really good job of kind of pivoting fairly late in what the writing process was by the sounds of it. Yeah, and all the stuff with Batman and Joker. So you get this idea that the Bat family are going around saving the city as Batman's taking on Joker, and Joker's throwing zombie Alfred at him, and 
and you know try to like he's like hey this switch rolls how about i put you in the vat and I'll, I'll become the new batman i've got the money i've got the toys i've even got the butler uh so like the fight's really good you have punchline being confronted by nightwing uh which i learned from whatever book i had to read last month uh you know this is because you know, nightwing when he was you know rick was actually kind of being forced to work for punchline so this is if you've been reading that quite a cathartic moment for dick by the sound ah. of it. i mean i enjoyed it anyway just because like yeah he's the so he's you know he's the big number two in command so he's like the one who comes and confronts the number two villain uh but i, I love the moment at the end of this scene though where she's like ah oh, well i've you know I've, I've, I've got the numbers advantage you know all these clowns like go behind her and then we just see like the bat family coming behind dick uh you know like it's just and, and again this is Stefan cass in the yeah. new suits with the logos it's just it's full of these cathartic like hell yeah the, the bat families again obviously yeah. damien's missing i mean that's but i mean that's been in the story yeah yeah but it feels like an issue 100 should yeah uh so all this is going on and joker and batman are having their big fight and joker's basically yeah it's all that future you thought you could have it's not real it was never going to be real and he's about to essentially win, and, and Harley comes in and shoots Joker in the eye. So Joker's missing an eye <laughs> by the end of this issue. <laughs> At least for the foreseeable future. And Harley gives Batman this insane choice, where to try and force him to let Joker die, straps a bomb to Joker's chest, and then a bomb to her chest, because this has to end, and you have to make the choice. You can only save one of us. So she, it's basically, it's that reversal, because so many villains do this thing, where they'll take two people that the, the hero cares about, Hell, it happens at the end of Batman Forever of all things. And I mean, it, you could have used the better example with Dark Knight. It does, yeah, sure, it does happen with Dark Knight. But <laughs> it happens at the end of Batman Forever, where yeah, you can only save one. And But in this case, it's actually one of the two victims that are doing it to themselves, saying, no, you have to choose not to let him die. And, so and it's not even me. two people he cares about. It's two people he kind of hates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Harley's kind of a weird... Yeah, that's why I said kind of, otherwise yeah. it would have just been outright hates. Uh, but Batman immediately is just like, no, he's literally just had my other bat suit on. He's got the tech, he's got the means to escape. I don't need to save him. You're going to have to do it yourself. And I like that the Joker's like, I'm not going to do that. It's not easy. I'm I'm happy to go, you know, and, and prove my point here. And, and you almost believe him. Yeah, and Batman, like, ultimately he was always going to make the choice to save Harley. Because if he's going to have to choose between them, he's going to, cho- he's going to save Harley. Of course he is. Uh, the art here is very good, by the way. The, 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 the panel of like his hand reaching out as Harley's running into the fire uh, is a particularly pretty panel, I thought. Yeah, and one of his ears is snapped off at this point as well. Uh, so he's just kind of, every time you see his, mm-hmm. his head, you know, the, the, the shape's not quite there. It's really effective. Also, the symmetry of like half, you know, his cowl's sort of like damaged, so his eyes showing, and it's, it's just the opposite of Joker who's missing the eye. <laughs> it's like a. Yeah, yeah. It's a, really good stuff. Symmetry there. Uh, so we hear, we hear Joker uh, scream uh, as they uh, expo- walk away from me. Yeah, as the explosion happens, and we don't quite see what happens. Obviously, by the end of the book, I mean, we never really suspect that he's gone. And Harley says that because Harley wakes up on a hospital bed, and he's like, "Look, we know he's going to come back. This this always happens. Like he's he's always going to go into hiding. He'll he'll recoup and he'll be back." Uh, but they actually have quite an uplifting conversation here about how, you know, yes, the city's going to take time to recuperate, and uh, you know, but I'm going to be here to help it, and so are you, basically. Yeah. And uh, I, I think this scene has one of my only real problems with the book, and it's it's pretty small nitpick as they go, but Batman's here going, you know, the city, it's changed so much, and I'm like, I, I mean, the story felt 
big enough for this story, but it didn't feel like a truly city-changing story. Mm. Uh, at least not for me. Maybe you know your mileage may vary, but for me, it didn't feel like it deserved quite this moment at the end of the story. I wonder if this is like an after effect of him having to like maybe push some things for future stories. That maybe there was going to be more big things that happened in this one. Did do, do you want to get excited by something else he said in that newsletter? What did he say? He said it's uh, it's going to be a big year ahead for people who like uh, Babs in the Oracle seat. <laughs> uh, so. And now we would tie in to some of the other Batgirls being yeah, the first soldiers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I said last week, well, maybe Bab's going to retire the Batgirl and be Oracle. And you, and you were like, there's been no suggestion of that. And and now there's a... Well, there wasn't a suggestion of that. Well, well now there is. I so... know, but I stand by it. At the time, I was right. Yeah, well, I, I deserve my apology. Never! So, <laughs> uh, you know, I actually kind of like the dialogue here where Batman's like, you know, I... Like I have to be a better Batman. I can be a better man, a better Batman than Harley. He's like, well, there's no point in being a crappier Batman. He's <laughs> like, I guess not. Uh, so it's easy as the next villain we're getting, uh, the Ghostmaker, which we you know we we heard about in Solicits and we saw art of before. I do um, like the design though. It's a little bit over designed. It feels very similar to a couple of other characters. I think like who was that uh, character uh, in uh, Hell's like short running detective? It feels very similar to that to me. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to see where you're Mr. Nobody? Was that, was that what he was called? Or something maybe. like that. So, uh, maybe there was a nobody in the early detective. Maybe that's what I'm thinking detective. of. Maybe Batman and Robin, I'm thinking of, yeah. in the New 52 by Tomasi. No, that's, that's what that is, yeah. Uh, but if, if it reminds me of that, and I've definitely seen other examples of this, it's kind of the, the high-tech ninja. Uh, yeah, yeah. I really like the white and the grey, though, as opposed to the, the black and the, the dark blue greys. I, I don't know. I, I think it looks... There's probably a reason why that you know why we it seemed familiar because it looks good. My my only concern about this tease is that it feels like it's going to be a big city changing thing again because he's like, oh, we'll make Gotham choose like the true champion, blah blah. And I'm like, you know what, Tiny, it'd be okay just do a small like personal story <laughs> after this. It would my hope is that the clown hunter story is next, and then mm. we get to this, so we got at least you know an arc in between, which um, leads us on to the uh, the this, the next story here which is the, the clown hunter himself, but although he's in his civvies coming home and finding Batman. And I, I like this idea that Batman, you know, obviously he was too busy at the time, but he did like, pay attention and he did look into what this was after the fact and yeah. shows up to the clown hunter's place and basically says, look, you're done killing. No, no more of this. And your Joker, I know the Joker killed your parents like five years ago. I know why you're doing this. You're going down this path. And this kid's kind, you know, he's kind of Jason Todd-esque in the sense that, hey, you keep letting him live. Like, all those people who put on clown masks and help the Joker during the riots and during the Joker war, most of them aren't in prison. Most of them are just taking their masks off and they're just walking down the street. They could be anyone and the normal I, people. I think I appreciate this coming right after Harley having that kind of exact same thing mm -hmm. with him. Yeah, I like that too. And... You know, so Batman gives him a car and says, hey, look, go to see Leslie Tompkins, take a better path. And he's at the end of the little story, he's like, uh, maybe later when I'm done. <laughs> like, when I'm done killing yeah. clowns. So I think it's, it's something I want to mention that I don't think I've talked about in any Clown Hunter stuff yet, but I think Clayton Cowles has been the letter in all of it, and this has been consistent. I really like the font and the choice that they use. It's all lowercase as opposed to the standard uppercase that we get. It's almost a Comic Sans style font. It feels very young, right? It, it feels childish. And I think I, I really like that for, for Clown Hunter. It makes him feel young. Uh, and, and he is, right? Obviously, he's a school kid. 
Yeah. yeah. But I, I, think it, I think it really works effectively. And there's even that touch where Batman's like, I can't just take you in because the neighborhood basically loves you and will not corroborate anything that they saw you do. They'll, 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 yeah. they'll, they'll all stick up for you. So taking you in wouldn't work right now anyway. But if you do keep killing, I will come and stop you. They'd so, all stand up and go, I am Clown Hunter. Yes. Uh, so and it's, it's basically just their meeting, their first proper meeting to set up kind of like where they stand with each other and setting up this next story and it does say to be continued in batman 101 so that would definitely suggest that obviously this is going to be the focus for the next arc yeah i mean tynan is very good at juggling multiple villains at a time as we've seen with punchline and now clown hunter right mm-hmm. uh so it wouldn't surprise me if we see ghost or was it ghost maker i can't remember uh pop up in the next arc at least but maybe clown hunter would be the the focus mm-hmm and then the third story, the final story, is the Joker, who we never see his face, but he's in a hoodie, uh, and we just see the shadow of where his face would be. And he's talking to this guy. Uh, and they're basically looking at this footage of Punchline, who, in the, the news, she's been kind of basically campaigning that she is another victim of the Joker, and that she's not crazy enough to go to Arkham. And it all feels very like a, a performance, to me at least. I, I get the impression that she's smart enough that she's playing this card, but in full well she's still completely devout to the Joker. Oh, absolutely. It feels um, very real world in a, in a sense in that, you know, you know, like when some people have to make an apology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you read, you know, the apology or watch the apology video, whatever they do, and, and you know it doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of just doing the, the, the motions that society expects. That's kind of what this feels like. And Joker uses his smoke to turn this guy into a corpse that looks like him. Uh, Jokerizes him. And he is basically saying that like that all this was a test to see how far he could push it. And so Batman's going to adjust. The city's going to adjust. And then he can come in and do his, his, his real endgame. And it's a lot. It's easy to kind of sort of roll your eyes at us a little bit because obviously Joker's always going to come back with an even bigger plan than the last time he was here with a big plan. But uh, I, I know this was well told enough. Obviously, Gil March's art is easily the weakest art of the book. Uh, yeah. Not surprising. And but Another point where I want to praise uh, Clay and Cal's lettering is, you know, this doesn't have a, you know, a, a Joker font like it usually mm-hmm. does. He's undercover. He's putting on a voice, presumably. But there's a point where he laughs and, you know, his real laughs breaks through. And you know the the font changes, uh, and and you kind of just get that. It's a it's really smart stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like he wanted to reset the game board because he says Batman was almost getting boring because things were the same for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was all about shaking things up. So, you know, obviously it, it seems that Tynion's got some sort of plan for another Joker story, and you know maybe this will be the thing that ends up being his last arc is whatever this Joker follow up is. Yeah, I hope it's not too soon he feels like he's got quite a bit in him still with between mm. you know clown hunter and ghost maker it feels like we've got at least two arcs yet oh for sure it may even be more um, than that i, I just i'm yeah, saying I, hope it's more. I could see this being like the end of his run even if his run lasts another 40 issues that this will be the last arc but at the same time part of me is like well does every writer have to end with the joker as their their big finale not everyone has but it feels like it happens a lot because the Joker's kind of seen as the big it, the big it, it kind of feels like a lot of the time i don't think it's they they plan to end with the joker but it feels like a lot of the time the writers get told, hey, you've got one last arc, and they were like, well, I've got one more Joker story I want to tell. And they're like, well, I'm going to get it done, but in case I never get another chance. Yeah. And Because, let's be honest, every writer has multiple Joker stories ready and waiting, because he's the Batman villain. 
yep, there's some truth to that. Uh, but that's the issue. That's about an issue 100. And it's, it's really good. Yeah, it's just a solid uh, issue. Uh, the backups were both good teases, especially the Conrad yeah. one. But and, I re- uh, the, main... the Joker one is continued in the punchline one shot. Yes, yes, it says that then. Uh, but the main story, uh, I think, is basically pays off everything that he's been doing and is is very exciting. It feels like the Bat family's in a great place. And even if, like, obviously Batgirl's ending, and, and maybe it makes sense that that's it. You know, now that they're teasing she's going to be Oracle again, maybe it makes sense that her book is ending and it's not some malicious, oh, Batgirl's just ending because they want to end it, you know, want to cancel yeah. it. I think um, the backup stories are fine. They're solid teases. Um, what I expect from backup stories. The main story, though, I think is more or less flawless for what it's doing. I don't think I have really anything to complain about in the main story. Everything it does is is really good. Yeah. And, of course, they have to bury Alfred again. And there's like one panel of, like, and he says, oh, I did that with my family. And I like that you can see that Dick's one of the silhouettes because Dick didn't really... Like, he was around for Alfred's funeral the first time, but he was Rick, and he was kind of, like, detached from the whole situation. It didn't really count. Yeah. And, so, and, and again, him saying, you know, he had to bury his father again today, you know, just that acknowledgement. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. What are you giving it? Uh, 8.5. Uh, I'll give it a 9. I'll give it a 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really, really good. Uh, I just the, the backup stories didn't quite wow me enough to get the 9. I'm almost just not really even counting them. I'm just kind of giving the main story a nine, and they're, they're bonus. If it, if it was just the main story, it would have been a nine. Uh, but that's Batman 100. Deceased Dead Planet issue four. Tom Taylor writing with Trevor Hersine on the art, and this issue sees the the group try and perform a heist of the <laughs> the Mobius chair. They try to steal it from Metron because they're like, hey, this chair will have the answers to how to get the cure out of Cyborg. So we just have to get that chair, and that'll that'll solve everything all of our problems um but we get some of the, the new god stuff we get to see obviously we got mr miracle last time but here we actually get to see orion and high father uh which plays off the tom tom taylor was clearly a fan of tom king's mr miracle because there's some direct parallels and re- re- you know references to it and what he does yep. with some of this um you know this the, the stand-up moment uh where I, event- and i don't know if tom king took that from elsewhere in the past and did you know, kind of like what Morrison yeah, does. Yeah, he, he could have done. But I, I do really appreciate that it, it does it, you know, Orion keeps putting Scott down and then eventually Jonathan just comes in and knocks out, <laughs> knocks out Orion and says, stay down. <laughs> yeah. Which is the opposite. I just love it. That's uh, great. So, yeah, so, the, so they form all this plan at the start and they're all kind of discussing what to do. Um, there's some awkward Damien and, and Cassie kissing and all sorts. Yeah, Cassie saying an, an emotionally aware Batman is so hot. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have them going to have to, you know, I think Mary and Jonathan going to get Dinah because she's still heartbroken about Oliver. And Yeah, uh, she, she got kicked out with him and she, uh, I think they're going to get fate to kind of keep an eye on, on Ollie, keep him contained. But they go to uh, Genesis and form this plan and Highfather agrees to call on Metron uh even though it's but a lot of it comes from a you know you know mr miracle's son's there so and again it feels like it's kind of hey i mean that this book's been taken so much from different parts of continuity that it's kind of interesting that it's this happily alluding to that that recent run so much yeah. uh, and how he's kind of been absent and he's left his son with with high father it, it kind of feels they're trying to make uh that mr miracle book 
into kind of like a in a killing joke style situation that i don't know if it's ever really continuity but hey if, if enough people use this thing we'll force it into main continuity and you know with with scott having a kid right pretty much so yeah so that's some interesting little touches but yes they they try and steal the chair metron fights back zooms off but then Jonathan and that kind of explain what they want with the chair and essentially convinces them. Uh, maybe Marvel specifically uses the, the wisdom to convince them that he's all about knowledge and if like, if you know everything ends, then there'll be no knowledge. And what is he going to do then? <laughs> so maybe he should like you know let them use the chair for a minute. He's like, should I just live with that? <laughs> so Cyborg does sit in the chair. He does seem to have the answers, and it's like, okay, this all felt like it went very well. I was enjoying the whole idea of trying to do a heist on the on the Mobius yeah. chair, and and so is this to recode his blood, which doesn't sound easy, admittedly. Yeah, but it comes off as easy in the the context of a comic book. And then, but then you get the last few pages, which is Apocalypse. Whatever's left of Apocalypse is rumbling. And uh, I love the, just the moment before this though is is Metron gets the. The crystal ball, which is kind of what he's been at, you know, th- that was the exchange. Mm-hmm. And he sees the future, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here." <laughs> well, we see this, this all this rock and apocalypse just sort of explode, and of course, it says Dark Side isn't as Dark Side as, as Zombie Dark Side, which I think also was used in the first deceased book. Right, we use that exact same kind of Dark Side isn't yeah uh, reference. Which I guess is their way of saying Dark Side is undead. Is they're going to yes. keep saying Dark Side isn't? Uh, because yeah. in the context of the first book, it was just very much, oh, here's a, this is a play in words because he just died, so Dark Side yeah. isn't. Whereas now it feels like they're using it as kind of this is our way of saying undead Dark Side is Dark Side isn't. Pretty much as they call him unliving Dark Side, um, yeah. but yeah, same thing. But yeah, he he goes uh, to to New Genesis, and uh, that's our last page is him. Uh, he's, he's got a Ryan under his. The palm of his hand. He's, he's huge, by the way. He's like he's a giant here. Yeah. Um, things not looking too hot for New Genesis right here. No, and it makes me wonder if Scott's son might perish. Mm, uh, I mean, do, do the heroes like come back here and like in time to see any of this, or have they just went back to Earth and they don't even know this is going on? I don't know the the narration. Who I'm not entirely certain who the narrations from can you remember i don't know if, if it's told us or not or if it's a secret um but you know it's just by the time mm. that you know he felt it was too late uh you know unliving dark side was already upon them um you know telling the story uh which implies also that it was too late for yeah. uh, the earth heroes at least as to me uh it does that's what it sounds like um no it's good uh the art is i think the big splash pages you know dark side coming out of the the rock and all oh, the beams. Phenomenal. It's fantastic. I think Hairstein does suffer in other places. Like I, I hate Highfather's beard in this. Highfather's beard. I'm gonna have a look because I, I never had a it just, problem. Do you know what it looks it. like? It looks like the beard you get in your create a character in a PS2 game where it's just really rigid and just a solid chunk of mass. He he, he uses some solid wax on it. <laughs> I just it, it bugged me. All right and. uh you know, I think it, it, most, it never bothered me. For the most part, the the art's good, but I thought High Father's hair looked. Uh... I mean, I can kind of see what you're getting at now that I'm looking at it, but it didn't bother me. I actually think Harrison's uh, facial expressions are getting better as he goes along as well. I actually would agree because I had a lot of problems with the first book, and I think this one's had less of those issues. Although I still don't think it comes close to uh, the Unkillables many. I thought the art in that was. Uh, so I I might agree with that. Uh, to be fair, it, it was pretty spectacular. 
But I think all of the all of the emotional moments in this actually have the appropriate facial expressions that really effectively convey the point and, and really pay off nicely. Yeah, that last page is great as well. But both those big dark side splash pages are fantastic. Um and I feel like this issue, this book has been good about trying to have one or two of those per issue. Last last you know, not last issue, but the second issue it was the Plastic Man reveal. Uh, yeah. Um and you know, it's, it's been doing a good job of sort of sprinkling those throughout. Um yeah, I have to say that I am enjoying this. It's really good and I love how it keeps playing with more DC continuity and mythology and, and all that. But you know, that Unkillables book set at such a high bar. Like I love that Unkillables book. Do you know what I think it was more than anything? I think it was the double sized issues. Maybe it was, yeah. There was just so much story you could do in one issue that it just it, it, it I, I think if you look at this as what we've got so far essentially is two issues instead of four, I think we'd be talking about those those two issues on par with Unkillables. Maybe. With how much has been going on. Because we'd have essentially ended the first issue with that Plastic Man reveal and then ended this one with Darkseid. And yeah. that yeah. would have been two phenomenal issues. Maybe that format is the... Uh is the better suit for this or maybe the better suit for i mean i wouldn't say tom taylor's because tom taylor's regular issues for other books are all great so it's not, it's not like it's, there's an issue yeah, there, just but... whatever it is about deceased lends itself i think to those oversized issues where you i think it's partly it's such a big cast that he's playing with and we've got more mm. time to do things and you know have more character beats with a wider variety of characters per issue yeah maybe that uh but there you go that is uh that's the book uh, what, are you, what are you giving it uh I'm also going to give this an 8.5 because I do think it's pretty great still. I'm going to give it a straight 8. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the straight Justice League 54. Joshua Wilson writing with Zermanico on the art. And this, of course, is the second part of the tie-in arc to Death Metal uh, following Nightwing and his band of merry heroes. And, and, he, and now we have more merry heroes. We do. Uh, we're having something of a, a semi-Teen Titans, original, not original, but new Teen Titans reunion uh, with mm-hmm. Starfire now and Cyborg. And it's funny how they reference like, Justice League Odyssey a couple of times and there's like you know some editor's notes. But because... it, it sounds like this comes right after that last issue. And I'm like, wait, what? Yes, but to face my sense, before I was rudely interrupted. Uh, it's weird that this is referencing it and it's referencing things that are just happening or just happened at the end of the book because Williamson was the original writer on Odyssey and left after like five or six issues. It's so weird. It's because it, it felt like a writer who's referencing his own work because he, he did both. So he's like, Hey, I'm going to reference all this continuity. And I'm like, but you didn't write any of this. You only did like three issues, didn't he? No, you're thinking of, uh, I think Cedric left that quickly. Oh yes, you're right. And then no. Williamson lasted like a whole arc and then he left yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That, that's why I'm, th- I'm thinking of Sejic. Uh, so I just, that was just an interesting little tidbit. But yeah, they land on Earth, uh, or wherever we technically are. I mean, if you can call, still call I us mean, Earth. It, it is still... Yeah. Uh, they, they made a whole big thing in that first issue of Metal going, no, no, this is Earth, remember. What, what's left of Earth? Uh, so the question why Lex is even there, why are we dealing with Lex, and Hot Girl is ready it, to can, shank can him. Can we talk about Starfire's fantastic flaming-style mohawk? It's such a great look. <laughs> I, I would be okay with this as the, the as the the standard Starfire look. I, I think it's great. I don't like when they change your hair. I get confused. Uh, so, <laughs> did you not recognize her hair either? <laughs> I recognize her just fine. Uh, keep in mind, Martian Manhunter's fighting the uh, the evil, the main hunter, the uh, the Batman Martian Manhunter, the evil one. 
because uh, he's trying to do what the, the team's trying to eventually do, which is to like get the Legion of Doom away from the the, the throne so that uh, Perpetua's power goes down. But uh, so we see some examples of that and what's in his head. And when he feels pain at one point, uh, uh, Talk Girl feels that too. And so there's kind of this link still between them. Um, but there's a great moment. He, he, he mentions that he's still linked with all the Justice League. True, but I feel like he's probably got a bigger connection with her, given their... Oh, definitely, their relationship, yeah. yeah. Um, but so... I think it's notable that, that they kind of acknowledge that link is still there. But the characters are talking, we see we get Cyborg and uh, Starfire bonding, They're, they kind of like had this this friendship from the Teen Titans, because they were kind of the two newbies who lived in the tower. Uh, which is a nice touch, but I, I did love the moment where reality starts to break down, because they're at like a, a beach of giants, you know, Starro starfish basically robotic starrows yeah um and nightwing's talking to to cory and her hair changes back to normal not even just a hair her outfit as well it's, it's just it changes into new teen titans starfire and he's like well that was weird that was like a glitch in the matrix kind of thing and then he's like wait a minute this isn't real and he wakes up and it's, uh, it's actually a lex oh, it's it's even, a, actually on. Before, it goes backwards because you, you yeah. first hear you hear master richard and yeah I, like, I forgot well, we didn't like alfred no, it's, I was jumping ahead to when Lex wakes him up into the real world. There's like a, another couple of pages of him waking up in different parts of the timeline as if he's been like knocked out. So the first one is when he was shot by KGB. So it's kind of going back to that. And he's he's actually okay. He's, it's, it's as if he woke up just fine afterwards. It's like everything from that point on for him has just been a dream. Yeah. But then it goes back to New 52. He's in the red. Then it goes back to when he was Batman. Then it goes back to when he was in the old Nightwing suit and Barbara's in the chair. Then it goes back to when he was in an even older Nightwing suit and Barbara's Batgirl. And then it goes back to him when he's he's Robin. So it's, it's going through all this history. I, I really like this kind of format of just the way it kind of flashes back just with these key, not even moments, just but key, you know, the, the, the costuming tells you everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, those pages are great. The actual double page layout where it shows you like that all the characters are having this moment, whether, you know, like Kendra seeing Jean and Cyborg seeing his father and all these different things. Um, like, I don't know if I needed as much, like, it felt weird to me that there was so much like dick still in that page. Like, I thought this could have just been a nice simple page of like, here's, okay, that's what all the other characters are seeing kind of thing. It probably could have been, but but it does lead into Dick kind of being the one that is breaking out of the nightmare, so it kind of works for me that he's kind of yeah. interjecting himself into this. I love the layout here, though. With it's this starro in the middle with the eye, and then just you know all the the panels between the tentacles. Yeah, uh, I think that's super effective. So Lex wakes him up. And he's like, "You idiots! Like this is why you need me along with you because you just stumbled into this minefield of like telepath like nonsense," <laughs> and. So they have to try and wake up the others, but the big cliffhanger, of course, is that these Starros are going to use the, the rest of the team to, like, fight them. They're going to control them. So the next issue is going to be this, you know, Lex Luthor and Nightwing teaming up against the controlled Cyborg, Starfire, Hawkgirl, and Bobo. who was not really mentioned Detective Chimp, but he's there too. He was there from last issue. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some, like, you know, fun banter with him here or there. You know, what, what I expect from Bobo, basically. Yeah. Uh, Zermanico's oh. art's obviously still very good, uh, and because this is double shipping, I I expect that he's not in the next one because he was he was, he, was he did the first two, so I assume he's off the next one. Really sucks because I think he didn't get to shine in this issue. He did some great layouts and some great stuff, but uh, Zermanico shines in action, right? And there's very little action in this issue. Yeah, not a lot of it at all. Uh, it's a solid issue though. I, I'm liking this as a tie-in arc. It's definitely not something that works or stands on its own completely. 
I think as a tie-in arc that will go great in the omnibus with the rest of the story. I think this is a fine lot. It's it's nice to give these characters a bit of a spotlight. Plus it plus it means that they tie in the Legion of Doom in some way. Like this is how the Legion of Doom are like factor into things. But you know we get to focus on Nightwing and and these characters and have them sort of feel a bit more important to the story overall. We're also obviously we have speed metal and we're getting other things and. Yeah, yeah, but it's nice to spend some time with, especially this group of characters like you know Nightwing and Corey, and you know I suppose Cyborg as well. We haven't really seen them together that much in a long time. Hey, I like their I mean, bonding. When they're talking about this, oh yeah, hey, hey Vic, it's been a long time. You know, you you missed a lot, and the last stuff he was on Earth for was I can't remember what they're referencing, but it was you know like years ago in in real world time at this point. Oh yeah, in comics, yeah, it was like from before Odyssey. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, it's been a while since these characters have interacted. I mean, with... you you made a dig at uh, Cyborg there. I actually really liked having Starfire's couple of moments here. I, I, I do as well. I'm just just predisposed to make digs at Cyborg. Um, I think it's 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 uh, when someone mentions Jaro and, and he's like, who's Jaro? Uh, it's like, oh yeah, you missed a lot. It's like, yeah, yeah, Jaro's been a thing for seemingly so long now in our minds that I guess that's how long it's been since we've had these characters interacting with anyone else, and uh, yeah, I have missed that. Yeah, it's Hot Girl who says she misses Jaro, when she sees all mm. the the big starfish. Uh, no, uh, delightful. And then, you know what? Props to the writing for remembering or realizing that he was gone and wouldn't know who Jaro was. It's one of those yeah. things where I almost imagine that you know Williamson's writing this scene. He they see this this beach full of the big giant starfish. And he thinks, oh, you know, I'll have Kendra say, oh, I miss Jaro, because that's a funny line, because no one really likes Jaro that much. He's kind of this little annoying pest that they'll have to deal with. And he probably just had a moment where he went, wait, Cyborg wouldn't know who that is. And, and <laughs> I think, you know, I know you're giving the credit there to Williamson, but it may have been editorial. Oh, it may have been. That, that picked up on this. If, they're, if, if, if he didn't, editorial doing their job properly should do. But what I'm saying is, though, I can imagine it being like an accident, where it wasn't a planned thing. It was just like he stumbled into it. It was like, oh, wait, light bulb. Mm. He, he wouldn't know who that is. and it's so, so, so. Or maybe even he wrote the scene and then edit, ed, the editors read the scene and went, hey, Cyborg wouldn't know who that is. But So, you know, just change this a bit, yeah. But what I'm saying is, I, I don't... I mean, maybe it was. Like, it could have possibly been the thought of that first, but I'm assuming that they didn't start with the thought process of we'll have this joke where Cyborg doesn't know who Jaro was. I'm I'm thinking in some form of the scene existed preconceptually or was written, and then either Williamson or the editor went, oh, wait, he wouldn't know who that is. No, that's that's my assumption as well, because it feels like a natural thing for someone to react to with the with all the Starros there and referencing Jaro and then kind of realizing, oh, hey, you know, he, you know, he wouldn't know. Honestly, if I'm going to critique it, I would say that he should have swore. Obviously, it'd be censored in the way they usually do it, but it should have been, who the F is Jaro? <laughs> or what the F is Jaro? I think that would have made it even funnier. But, I think it probably would have, yeah. Uh, but hey, that's uh, just League 54. Uh, so what are, you, what are you giving it? I'm going to give it an 8. I think it would have been a 7.5, but the the art and the layouts especially bump it up. Yeah, I'll probably go to seven point five. I think it's a good solid tie-in. Uh, it's not a must-read by any means, but um, it's I, I do not feel like I regret reading it though, which is sometimes something's happens with a tie-in. I've I've seen this last couple of episodes, but Death Metal so far has proven to be very sort of worldly in the tie-in department, where they've it's, all felt uh, worth reading. Very, very much the exception to the rule, though, isn't yeah. it? I have to keep this going. I'm not going to complain. Um, so yeah, that's just like. Young Justice, issue 19, Brian Michael Bendis writing with Scott Godlewski. 
on the art. Uh, as Conrad starts to get drunk because he's not talking about this one. I'll be honest. I debated whether or not you're going to be long enough for me to go and make another drink. I'm, I'm on my sure. own. It's, it's unlikely. I'm on my own. Do you think you can stall for like a couple of minutes? Nope. Uh, so Stall, bitch. No. What? Where are you going? Piss off. Just stall. They don't... Alright, so, Young Justice issue... Oh, 19. Uh, it's a Cassie issue, uh, which the last issue did kind of tease to, and she is tested by Zeus. Zeus comes to see her in human form. She's she's struggling, she can't get her job back because she just kind of disappeared a while ago and didn't show I, up. I would say at least Zeus is in human form and not as a swan, which is something that Zeus is prone to do. No, no, he shows up in a very sharp business suit and Cassie's not too impressed to see him. And basically, this issue, in a nutshell, is Zeus being like, okay, it's time for you to accept your, your place in the Pantheon and all the rest of it. And Cassie essentially makes the point of, no, I don't want to be a god. I don't want to be in the Pantheon. Go away. And Zeus gets pissed and leaves. That's the issue. But uh, in, the, in between wait, all wait, that... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. We, we had a whole issue with Zeus, and he didn't screw someone? He did not screw anyone, no. Very un-Zeus-like. But uh, he did conjure up some giant, like... Uh, monsters for her to fight and she ends up fighting this giant thing in Times Square uh, which you know is like what well, is it Times Square is it Metropolis maybe Metropolis but it looks like Times Square it's, Metropolis it's, is Times Square yeah it's Times Square adjacent right you know it's a big main street with lots of screens and shit you know? oh, went, she looks like she's in Metropolis which basically could have just said she looks like she's in New York it, 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 it's interchangeable yeah 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 uh so the rest of the team aren't involved for the first half of the issue, but they obviously, after this big fight with the monsters, she gets in touch with them all, including Naomi and Spoiler, who are both there, which is cool. And as they're discussing all this stuff, uh, giant stuff starts happening in the water. Poseidon shows up, and she's like, oh, it was really Poseidon who was trying to test me. That's what this is all about. So the whole team, like, you know, help her fight off Poseidon. And that sounds like it's probably really amazing on paper, and it's alright. Like it's a, it's a big double page. It spread. sounds like such an unpeat story. I bet I bet Matt would have liked this a lot more. Probably probably would have. I I mean it was fine. The art is 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 good. Like I thought the art was really nice. It looks good. It does a good job. Colors really nice. Pops. Oh, but the usual things I like about the art in, in Young Justice. Uh, but it all boils down to her, you know, disowning and saying she doesn't want this, and it ends with her shedding a tear. Uh, as she looks up at the sky, is just as 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 pissed off, angrily. Um, it's okay. It's Young Justice has got a really weird book. This, that, this, do you know what? This would be a, a fine issue if it was like, oh, we're still doing an ongoing book, but it's ending in like two issues, so it feels like a really weird thing to be doing. Two issues at the end. Uh, the whole book feels somewhat aimless, and that is kind of a shame. This is an issue on its own, though. Is 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 perfectly fine. And solid, like I say, it probably pulls a way more to Matt than it does to me. But um, it was an easy enough read. You know, it, it was you know for a Bendis issue, it wasn't too wordy. There's a little bit heavy third person narration on a couple of pages when it was kind of talking about Cassie as if she was a legend. You know, as if it was you know as if it was the, the scrolls of whatever. Uh, the scrolls of whatever. The scrolls of whatever. Yes, that's my cutting edge analysis of the situation. Um, I feel like I'm, I feel like we're really missing Matt's angle here. We, we probably are. Matt would have stuff to add to this, but he decided to go and celebrate his birthday. All right. What a dick. So don't cry to me. 
so it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I clearly don't have a whole ton to say about the issue. Um, how many issues you got left of this? Not not many. No, right? it's two or three. So this is not a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, December maybe maybe the last one. Maybe it's January. I can't remember. Uh, do we not already have the final issue tag? I can't remember if it was. I can't remember if it was final issue or if it was like it's like the penultimate Start issue. Of the final yeah. Line. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't remember. Uh. So. Yeah, it's like a 6.5. What, what issue is that? Because in my head, 17's the last one. Oh no, we're already past that. <laughs> okay. This was issue 19. <laughs> That's like, I guess I just stopped paying attention to it a lot. Well, maybe 17 was the issue that came out when we heard it was cancelled. That's why that's in my head. Maybe, yes, we're already past 17. If it was 17, something's afoot, because uh, <laughs> I just read issue 19 and talked about it. So you think. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Okay, Far Sector, issue 8, N.K. Jameson uh, writing with Jamal Campbell on the art. And you know what? This is a really good book. I want to make this very clear. This is a very good book with wonderful art, and it's, it's, it's you're surprising... About to, you're about to lead into a book. I don't like this. And it, no, it's, it's a very enjoyable book, and it's impressive how much I enjoyed reading this issue. In spite of the complaint I'm going to make, which is... The same complaint I've made the last two or three issues is that I cannot remember a thing that happened in the last issue. <laughs> Do you know what? I felt that at first, uh, but as it went on, I was it was coming back to me. And even things that didn't come back to me just as I was reading it, there were, there were things at the end of this issue that it would reference. And I'll be like, oh yeah, that was a thing. But it didn't, you know, in some books that would detract from my experience because I would be, it would be triggering something. I'm like, yeah, that was vaguely a thing. But as soon as they kind of referenced an event, it came flooding back, uh, which helped. I think uh, you know, it was even though it was buried in my memories. Once it was referenced, it came back in full rather than I had to actually reach for it. Yeah, I it was this thing where it took me a few pages to remember the Retina Matrix style place. Like I'd forgotten that completely. Um, I got that pretty quick there was something near the start that made that clear for me there was a couple of pages I mean, it, it, it was because the first page is a recap and then the second page which is the, the start proper the first panel is none of this is real and you know and you know and, and you know there's an actual fight happening i'm just in an interface overlaying and i'm like oh yeah okay ai yes it came back like that quickly for me at least you know when i was reading this like literally like okay those two no. panels were enough for me no, I read that, but it took me another couple of pages to remember there was a whole story last issue about her going into mm. the Matrix and how tough that was and how she's got this helper going with her and all. Like, I completely, I don't get me wrong. The first page has her in a Green Lantern power loader from Aliens. It's appealing to my sensibilities, right? And, and, a, and a Leroy Jenkins. Right. They know how it appealed to me. I don't give a shit about World of Warcraft, so piss off with that. No, but... no, I don't care about that either, but I like the, <laughs> Because, it, you know, it pointed out later during this issue that, you know, Earth memes are currency for these people. And, you know, it, it's, you know, her you know, helper from that people, you know, making that reference. Uh, so it made it even funnier in, in retrospect. Yeah, okay, okay. But, you know, I, I really... Yeah, I mean, it justifies it in retrospect, why this alien is is saying this. Because why, why else <laughs> yeah. would she be saying it? It's weird. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, but no, like, the power loader thing, fantastic. Um, And, yeah, once I sort of remembered we're in a Matrix-style world, and I vaguely remember why they're, why they're here... Uh, it's just one of those things where I, you know, I vaguely remember a, a lot of the broad strokes. Like I remember, obviously, what she's investigating uh, when she goes, but goes to the council later, and she's sort of like making her case. Like I remember, okay, I remember obviously the one that she had the, the, the night of passion with, and I remember kind of the basic setup of things. 
But there's so many little things that they mentioned in this that I was like, I have no idea what she's talking about right now. <laughs> I, this is this is going to be a phenomenal trade. It will you be. Can just this, hand to anyone, right? This is going to work so well. But there's, there's points where they, they start talking about other suspects or something like that, that that haven't been brought up in the issue before, right? And I'm like, clearly this is something from like two issues ago or something. And I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, it, it probably doesn't help. This is on a bi-monthly schedule. And then before, uh, if it was the last issue or the one before, was before the shutdown. We've probably had only three or four issues this year. Yes, yes. This is the second issue after the shutdown, I think. Maybe the third, but definitely only the second. Uh, 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 do I mean? Is... Yeah, I, do, I do, but yes. you phrased it weirdly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so... I... Yeah, I, 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 every this is the last two, three issues I've had this feeling, and it has been worse. Like when it was monthly, I wasn't doing too badly. You know, it was fine. Um, I think the first couple, you were like, eh, "There's a lot to remember," but it did start going in after two or three. Right? Don't get me wrong; it it was tough because it's such a, a like a full mythology that the book introduces on its own, where we've got these different races, these this planet, all these different rules, all new characters, all new backstories, all these, it, you know, society. It felt to, to in many regards like reading a like an image or an indie book where you had to learn yeah. everything from scratch rather than knowing 80% of it just from DC knowledge. And because of that, it, was, it wasn't like a completely smooth, even monthly. It was that sort of thing. Well, this is really good, but it'll probably read even better than trade when I can take all this information in one sitting and not forget things. Since it started like being, you know, the big break with the, the 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 shutdown, and then, you know, every other month afterwards, like this has been such a th- and to, you know I sat there and read it and I was like, damn, what I I, I questioned like, do, do I just wait for the trade in this now? Do I just like leave this behind? And I, you know, the first page has the power loader. And I'm like, oh no, this is so good. Like I I want to read it. And I don't know if those recap pages with you know the one with the power loader is going to be in the trade. I think it will. It, that, that, at least that one plays well enough. It, it, there's other comic books that have almost just as recappy first pages that, that aren't recap pages, so I, I think that will be there. No, that's fair, but not necessarily... I mean, if they cut these, you could probably cut it pretty easily because 90% of this is, you know, I'm the Green Lantern who's on this city and, you know, there's all these people and, you know, the, there's the, the emotional <laughs> repression. That's, you know, what 90% of this page is. Yes, and every single reprint of Jeff Johns' Green Lantern one still had him starting every issue with I am the Green Lantern of Sector 2814, so don't even start. No, it did. It it'll, did. It'll but... be there, and it'll be a problem. It should, it'll be something to critique if it isn't. But I do think it's a kind of a bad recap page, though, in that it didn't actually set up what the situation was right now, specifically, because it took me a couple of pages to remember the Runa Matrix-style thing. Like, she could have just had a line saying, I had to follow someone into whatever this is called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it mentions the assassinating the counselor, which some you know, uh, and you know, and you know, she's the one fixing the mess. But it doesn't mention the the uh, digital world, which is you know, it comes in the next couple of you know panels for me. Uh, you know, took you a couple of pages. They said, yeah, it was just it was just a gradual thing where I said, like, because I, I read what she says about oh, this is not real. This is just like a a thing, and I'm like, what well, was that something to do with the planet? Like they all have like holograms over their faces or something, and then. It's a couple of pages like, oh, they're in like a Matrix thing. And then I looked at the, the other person, like, oh, that's why she's dressed like Trinity. That was like a, that was a whole reference last issue. And yeah. it kind of came back then. But I, 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 you know, the last few issues I've read, I always have this feeling that I'm not getting everything. Even when I'm, you know, I'm understanding the gist of what's going on. I'm getting where it's going and, and you know, Joe's reactions to things I'm getting. But 
there's it always feels like there's these details that i just like they're, they're, they're talking about things i just don't know what they're talking about i'm always afraid that that's going to happen when i sit down to read it and i'm afraid you know a couple of pages in that i'm not getting it but then every time i am like for what you know however it does i don't know because i said there are comics i've dropped because of delays many a time because i just yeah you know the the pacing kills it the you know, I, I struggle to remember things, but for whatever reason, with this comic, I, maybe it's a, a testament to its writing as a whole, that when it references something, it triggers like a full flood of the of the exact details rather than just, uh, oh yeah, that vaguely happened, and then I have to work for the rest. It all comes back every single time, for me at least. It's a bit dense. It's, it, it kind of, like, it's definitely science fiction, but the density of the all the details is actually kind of viewing almost into fantasy levels, which is why I don't like fantasies sometimes. I, I, I mean, maybe that's why my brain's potentially handling a little bit better than yours, that I, I read a lot of fantasy. So, you know, and, and sometimes in fantasy books, you'll go three years between your know, releases and then have to snap back into a world and it triggers your memories and of all the rules and such. Yeah. Uh, so basically they, they, they get the, the people they're after in the, in the matrix and, they're just hired guns. They're not the ones behind everything. They were hired to do the job, but they're not actually the the the, the head honcho or whoever it is that's behind it. And yeah, and they don't know who it is. They don't learn. Yeah. So you know, Joe wants to find out, and her rings run out of power, so she's actually sitting in her civvies for the rest of the issue. And she's I like how they address it. Sure. Like, you know, like there was someone's like, "Why are you in that?" And just 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 to acknowledge that it is different. And she's called into a meeting. Uh, we're basically. The the head honchos, I think it's the the the, the plant eating one. The, the, you know what I mean. The, the one who's not the other two, <laughs> the one who eats people. Uh, he gets really sort of offended and kind of like makes all sorts of accusations uh, about Joe. And Joe is feeling unwelcome. Like, like I came all the way to this planet from Earth. Like either you want me or you don't. Like I'll happily go. Like if you don't want me here, I can leave. Uh, and you know, the, like the other guy sort of runs out and makes it very clear. But that's not the case. Anyway, so this is the thing. The end of this issue, the the, the dudes whose name I don't remember because I don't remember any characters' names. All in Joe, uh, he gives her. I mean, I like their conversation because she talks about how he's like different if he's on the drug or not. You know, when he's got the the and feelings and when he doesn't. He's insistent that he's not. That it's still always him. Just sometimes he's uh, as he puts it, more melodramatic. Mm. Yeah. Um. But he gives her a lead. Uh. You know, like. Go go look at this. Get CEPD involved, um, and come back and talk to me. And this is one of these things where I read this page setting up where she's going next, and I'm like, I am never going to remember this page when I read the next issue. I I know I'm not going to remember like why she's doing what she's doing at the start of next issue. I I would like to think, for me at least, that like in this issue, it will come flooding back to me when I when something triggers it in the next issue. But who knows? We'll we will wait and see. I mean, the book flows really well. The art is, is gorgeous. The, the I love the character of Joe. I, I like the way she interacts with all these other, other people in this world. And, and we're, what, two-thirds through this book now? Yeah, all, all the other beings. I, I love so many things about this book. I think it's such an easy book to read. But I'm having this hurdle with every issue, the, the last like two or three issues, where I'm just like sitting, struggling to remember what a lot of the things she's talking about, or what everyone's talking about, are. Yeah. Um. And I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the the I think what people would say to me is like, well, why don't you reread like the first like batch of issues? Not every every before every issue, but like maybe to refresh the whole thing before the next one. I'm like, 
yeah, and if I had the time to do that, that'd be wonderful, but <laughs> I don't, so... Yeah, I, I mean, correct if I'm wrong, you don't read a lot of comics at the minute outside of what you have to because of time reasons, and, and not just because of, the, you know, like, like this. You don't read a lot of anything else, really, do you? Uh, right now, I'm not doing much else now. No, no, but that's what I mean, because you're busy. Uh, so, you know, it's not like you're choosing to read other stuff instead of this. No, no. Uh, so... You know, uh, I mean, it's a good issue. It's a really good issue. I mean, it's, like, I can't really even fault the issue for what I was, what I'm talking about, and this problem I have with it. It's the schedule I can fault. The issue itself, if I'm rating it, is probably a solid eight or eight point five. But I didn't get yeah. the experience of an eight or an eight point five because I was sitting going, "Oh, what's this they're talking about? What's this? What's going on?" I get where you're coming from. I think I would give it an eight point five, and I will just say, mm-hmm. I would take this being bi-monthly and keep Campbell on art every day of the week as opposed to oh well we can make it monthly but you'll have some different artists I would never uh, I, 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 I would never have proposed that I would no, say no, I, I know you wouldn't but I know that you know that is often the solution for DC or Marvel right yeah I would have said give him lead time and don't start releasing it until he's done over half the issues so we could have it monthly <laughs> that, that is the the dream scenario but I, I guess it's to do with how they have to pay out advances and they don't know how it's going to sell, but they, they, that's why they don't do that on a regular basis. Um, yeah. But, no, that, that is the dream scenario. But, you know, I, I would rather have it every other month and keep Campbell on art than, than force it out monthly and give us whoever. Um, this is going to make for a phenomenal trade, uh, I can guarantee. Uh, unless it shits the ending, of course, which, I mean, it, it, it could do. But I mean, I have no reason to suspect it will. Yeah. So he sends her off to uh, look into Fieldsnet. So we'll find out what that is next issue, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll settle on the eight uh, for the record. But mm. that's. Uh, I I am gonna go with the eight point five. Mm. As you struggle to live. Um. I'm I'm doing my best. Okay. Legend of the Swamp Thing Halloween Spectacular issue one. Or a title similar to that, at the very least. I, I actually think you got it right, but it was it was a very dense read. This wasn't it. Uh, well, I'm going to confess something here. I didn't read all of it. Uh, oh, did you not? I started it, and I really liked the the opening because it's Ram V writes the the wraparounds, and I liked the first you know batch of pages, which was the story of this the sheriff and some others looking for a, a lost kid in the woods, and I really love Swamp Thing kind of finding the kid wrapped up in the, the veins of this tree. Uh, and the tree's kind of alive, and you, you got this face, this face in the tree, and it's kind of this ethereal stuff that I love about Swamp Thing. Uh, the, the, you know, this idea of the the trees like talking in sort of like a, almost like it's like it's in pain or and in sorrow, and talking about trying to keep the kids safe. So it's not necessarily trying to do something bad, but Swamp Thing basically sits down and tells it some stories, and that's kind of what leads us into what the other stories in the book are. And- and the idea in this first page that he sends the kid back out, but then you know we see it's still just the you know he's got a skeleton there, yeah. And it's kind of a, a reconstruction in the same way that uh, often Swamp Thing is, right? So, but then it goes into these stories, and it's you know it's stories from different periods of history. Uh, the, the the first ones, uh, you know, the the Romans and Britannia and like Stonehenge yeah. and all, all that stuff. And I read this story. And first of all, I thought the art was pretty bad in this story, just the way I put it out there. What? No, not at all. The faces in this are horrible. I don't think they're horrible. I think they're very different. They're not 
doing the, oh, the no, standard that, thing. That, but... that, 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 that Caesar dude who says Lost, for example, a couple of pages in, his face in that panel is atrocious. He's got a very square face, but I, I don't hate it. This is, and even the even the panel under that, he's got this like really undetailed pointy no, nose. I, I'll I'll give you the nose on that one, but that's all I will give you. I I did not like the art in the story at all. I, I thought it was a dense read. Um, like it, it took a long time for it to become even relevant to you know Earth and Swamp thingy, <laughs> right? So and not that that's a problem per se, but I came into this 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 book thinking, oh, I'm going to get an anthology of Halloween Swamp Thing stories, and I was all excited for a bunch of Swamp Thing stories. And I, I read this one and didn't like it at all. And then I got to the start of the next one, right? Which is by Via Alea is the next one. And, you know, I typically like their work. And, and Emma Riosanar. And Emma Riosanar. And it, it looks really good. But I read the first, like, two pages of this. And I was just, you know, in the style of storytelling that it was. And it was going to be another kind of this period piece. And it was... And I just, I got to the end of the second page. And I thought, I'm going to look ahead and see kind of what the, the, the next couple of stories look like. And I just, just to see if I, if I wanted to read them. And I looked ahead, I skimmed through the rest of the book, and I had no interest in reading the rest of it. So I just quit there. I just backed oh, I, out. I, I really like this. This is not... Swamp Thing is a little bit of a misnomer to describe this. It is the protector of the green through the ages, mm-hmm. right? Um, or champion of the green, I suppose, uh, I think is the official term. Um, the uh, Vita Ayala and Emerius one. Um, Emerius is hot, uh, which... Uh, I've been a fan of in the past, but I don't think it had dawned on me how similar it was to um, what was the Hill House book? Which one? Oh, the the one with the two girls. Oh, Lola Woods. Yeah, it. I, I was getting major vibes like that, and I don't know if it was the colors as well. Um, Jordi Belair's the colors on this. I don't know if she did Lola Woods. I don't remember. She might well have done, judging by how this looked with those flat colors. The oranges and the reds. It really reminded me of that visually. Uh, which I liked. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you could tell me about the rest of the stories because I had read past the... the, the, the... Yeah, well, the one after that we had... Um, it's that story of the, the Japanese soldier on the island who doesn't know the war's over, basically. Hmm. Um, but he has uh, a Swamp Thing companion in a plant uh, who is, is with him and is talking to him and is, is constantly trying to, trying to prod him like, hey, you know, Maybe the war's over. Maybe you should go out and explore the world, you know, and, and see for yourself. And, you know, it goes on decades, and there's farmers there, and um, and, and this Japanese soldier is, is thinks the soldiers are the, you know, the, sorry, soldier, thinks the farmers are the, the enemy soldiers and starts trying to, you know, fire on them. And that's when, uh, you know, the, the swamp thing has to actually step up and stop his 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 companion his friend of decades at this point um stop him from taking out the the uh the the innocent villagers uh it's uh it's uh it's quite tragic uh it's it's a really solid story actually um it's really good that's uh julian uh little with uh john tims on art i really like the art on this um very expressive um, not a lot of swamp thing. Most of the time, he's like just a flower in a boot. Um, but it's uh, it's, it's really good. Um, and the next story is actually Tynan with Christian Warden art, which looks gorgeous. Uh, I don't know who's on the colors for this, but uh, uh, I think it's just Christian Ward doing his own colors. Uh, it has such an ethereal uh, vibe to it. 
uh, like the, the greens, the reds, they're so standing out, not vibrant, but soft, almost watercolor-esque, the way they blend. Uh, you know, all this, this war, it's like a kind of like a piratey story, you know, you know, this abandoned on an island, you know, rescued on a ship. Um, this, this, it, it's all about, you know, it's set, oh, if this one gives a year, it's, it's quite a long time ago, you know, Age of Discovery is, is what it says, and it's all about just finding the new world and uh, finding themselves and the green kind of expanding to the new world. Uh, it's again, the art is the showcase on this. Oh, it does have an a, a year, uh, 1494 AD for that one. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's all about, you know, that, that, that new world discovery. Uh, it's gorgeous. And, and that's when you get into the, the final wraparound with, uh, Ram V and, and Mike Perkins again. I think Mike Perkins, he's been, we, we tend to like Mike Perkins' art, but I don't think he's always suited to necessarily the right stories that he's given. Oh, it's perfect for Swamp yeah. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we had him on uh, Green Lanterns for a while, and in the right scenes in that book, at the end of that book, he was fantastic. But in other scenes, you know, hit or miss. Uh, but in Swamp Thing, he is phenomenal. And he has some layouts here at the end, kind of um, that forgoes traditional paneling, where there's just, you know, faces popping out of silhouettes of the you know, various Swamp Thing creatures and fists and hand, you know, such thing. And I think this is probably my favorite work I've seen from Mike Perkins, where he does those just you know, like three pages like that. Uh, they are absolutely phenomenal, just gorgeous. Uh, you, you read this wraparound? Did you skip to that or did you not bother? No, I didn't think, because I assumed that because it was a wraparound that it would, you know, it would play upon the stories. It actually has, like, no relevance to the middle stories whatsoever. It's just referencing the middle story. It's like 30... Uh, it's not middle story, the first story. It's just referencing that. It's like okay. 30 years later, and it's the same, you know, the, the kid who he saved is an adult now, and is, uh, you know, lost in the swamp once again. And it's his his final moments as he dies in the swamp, but it kind of repeats that uh, uh, that poem, so that rhyme that, that you know the, the, the swamp thing or the the, the tree says. Uh, mm. We kind of have that again, and swamp thing trying to learn the lesson from the tree, uh, kind of trying to understand uh, life. Essentially, you know, it's kind of swamp thing at its core, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the the point. Of this this wraparound is is very much linked together. Uh, it's not. It's not really two separate stories. It's one story with a 30-year time jump, uh, which I would have... Uh, I'd recommend you going back and reading this, just this final section, if nothing else. I uh, probably like it, because I like the first part of it. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say go back and read this, because it does follow up on that and doesn't reference the rest at all beyond just the fact that it kind of references that stories were told. Yeah, I, uh, I think part of this was expectations of what I thought this book was going to be. And then realizing it wasn't, and just being like, I don't want to read this. <laughs> I, I was actually pleasantly surprised by this. Swamp Thing Through the Ages appeals to me more than just a... And it, I think what it was is they were so different from each other, as opposed to a Swamp Thing anthology where everyone's trying to do their 10-page horror Swamp Thing story. Um, while I might like all of those stories individually, in a you know 50-page issue, I might kind of get a bit bored of them kind of all kind of just do the, the same kind of thing. Like, here's my quintessential 10-page Swamp Thing. Whereas by doing this, giving them folks over these, these different time periods, so drastically different, it wasn't necessarily Swamp Thing, uh, but more like, say, you know, the champion of the green. Uh, I mean, if I'd liked that second more. story more, but I hated the art so much, 
and the story doesn't do much I mean, for me. But it's probably my least favorite art in the issue. But that's not that I think it's bad. I think that all the others are pretty fantastic, uh, with the exception. Uh, I mean, exception sounds harsh here, but the the one with the Japanese soldier, I think um, John Timms is solid. Like you know, I think you know, for me that's on par with the Roman one. Like it's not it's not bad, but it's not like standout. Uh, but compared to like Emma Rios and uh, Christian Ward, and even Mike Perkins as well, I think all of those are standout artists on their stories, whereas the other two are just like, yeah, I mean, the art's fine. Sure. Um, uh, well, what are you reading then, I suppose? Uh, I, mean, I think I'm going to give it a 7.5. Uh, it's a little bit disjointed. Uh, like I said, I think I would have liked, if we're having a wraparound story, I would have liked a bit more connective tissue in that. Uh, which would have probably bumped it up to the eight, but as it is, uh, all of them are pretty solid. All right, cool. Uh, so that's the last of the new books, but uh, Carter do a Patreon book this week every month. Patreon dot com slash TV. Uh, some of our higher tiers, you can make myself or Connor read a book, and Connor's going to be talking about Red Hood issue forty nine. Yeah, I needed the drink before I get on this one because uh-huh. mm-hmm. oof. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take a shot of the art right away. Uh, Pantalina, who I've not been a huge fan of. I've been describing him for, I don't know, six, ten issues, whatever it's been, as a knockoff Kenneth Rockefeller. And I've mostly said, eh, he's fine. Um, this first page is possibly the worst page I've seen him do. Um, it's kind of terrible. This is. I mean, I don't know how much you remember or paid attention to the last time. Last time was a Joker War tie-in, but the first page kind of had a like a a background effect where it showed the next page of the story, but cut off and you know ripped away and did and went into Joker War. Um, this is actually the same first page again, essentially, with the rest of it shown, and it's terrible. Uh, it's it's again if you don't remember this is the original new 52 outlaws showing up in the present uh so this is obviously red hood uh Corey and roy uh Corey in her terrible terrible costume um uh, with lots and lots of boob on show uh is is the first thing i can say and and i will say because you know part of that is the costume because it was a terrible design but i think it's accentuated in this drawing and then on the Red Hood, because right now we've got Red Hood in the the half mask. That I, I don't know if you've seen it, Pete. Uh, that he's wearing, what he's wearing right now. Oh yeah, it's just the uh, the bottom half. Yeah, yeah. So we got that, and then we've got Red Hood from the New Fifty Two in the the full face mask, the full helmet. And for whatever reason, when he's in the full helmet, his face is squashed. It's got a separate like not cut out, but like extra space for his ear, which I don't remember ever being there before. Like in my memory, it's kind of a relatively kind of just a almost spherical helmet, right? You know, it's it just goes around, whereas this has an actual bulge for his ear space, and it's yeah, you know, it's a terrible choice. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, there's this issue. We have them show up. It tells me in an editor's note at some point that they were in the uh, the chamber of all in the original New Fifty Two Red Hood and the Outlaws issue three. So that's when these are from. This is before they were. You know, they were barely even a team at that point. They barely even knew each other. Um, which I guess is 
easier right now because you don't have to worry about where they were in their banter. You just be like, no, they don't have any banter yet. Uh, <laughs> I guess, but um, it's it's kind of rough. It's um, you know they're all fighting together and holding up their army. They got to close the door. Is at one point the 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 uh, essence who's there? That's the one with the uh, I can't remember what they, the old blade um, that can hurt them extra because they're there's two of them at the same time. I, I don't really know. It was a bit unclear on this. But basically, the new 52 Red Hood starts shooting Essence. And his bullets do something and separate her and brings out uh, Isabel, which is Jason's girlfriend that he told who he was and you know became possessed by Essence uh, wow, six issues ago now. Uh, I mean... New 52 Jason also knows who she is. So apparently she's been around a while. Uh, I didn't realize she'd been around this long. But New 52 Jason's like, hey, you told her who we are. Um, but this only goes on for like a page. And then she stands up and goes, yeah, look, you know, you telling me you love me is all nice and all. But uh, you kind of need essence here right now, not you know, a, a flight attendant. You know, I think the, the words were, you need an immortal ninja goddess a hell of a lot more than you need a flight attendant. So she picks up the sword and becomes Essence again and helps them get back to fighting. Uh, there's a couple of moments with Roy where Jason's like, you know, should I tell him? Should I say something? And then, you know, at the end, it is, you know, he stops him. He's like, hey, Roy, uh, you know, can I have a second? And then uh, just gives him his hat back that he lost during the fight. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'll, uh, you know. And Roy's like, hey, I'll, I'll see you again soon, right? And he's like, yeah, of course. Uh, absolutely, uh, which is you know, it's it's all just pointless, boring stuff. Um, the arguably more interesting stuff is Bizarro. I'm shocked, I know, because that's been the case for most of this book, with a very disappointing ending. Frankly, I, I say disappointing. There's like one issue left of this particular run, and then I don't give a shit. Uh, but uh, last issue. Uh, it ended with Bizarro in hell killing Trigon. That's right. Trigon is dead. In in, in the current continuity, Trigon is gone. Uh, and and I know Pete remembers this because he made many a joke last issue, including the title of the episode. I'll be so, honest, I didn't remember a damn thing. I remember making puns. I don't remember why I made the puns, though. <laughs> yeah, this, this is why. Uh, basically, this issue on the... Bizarro, because everyone else is together and Bizarro separate. So I've covered everyone else. Artemis has nothing in this issue, for the record. Uh, but Bizarro, he's he's there going, uh, sorry I killed your, your, your Trigon. Uh, I, I, sorry I killed your liege. Um, what am I going to do? What, what are you going to do now? And they're like, well, we need a king. So long live our new liege. Uh, and they're like, hey, Bizarro, you're our king now. And, and he's like, uh, no, I don't think so. And they go, well, if you're not our king, we're going to go, you know, ravage shit on Earth, and we're going to have some fun. So the, the ending of the issue is Bizarro coming up to the, you know, the the the, the rest of the team. I say rest of the team, it's Jason and Armis, in the, the present-day versions, and, and saying, he's going to stay in hell, and explain to them that, uh, you know, he killed Trigon, so he's their ruler now. And if he doesn't rule, they'll all come to Earth, so he has to stay there. Um, so that's it, Bizarro's gone. So the the one thing that was genuinely kind of okay in this book for maybe 15 issues of this past 50-odd is gone once again. 
My final page is him sitting on a throne in hell. It's almost over, so it's not like there's that many issues left without him. There's not, but you just know 50's going to be bloody oversized, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know it is. I, 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 don't, I haven't seen that. I didn't read the solicit to check, but it's bloody know it's going to be. be. You know what it's going to be. Uh, yeah, That's it says fine. next, the trial of the Red Hood, um, which sounds thrilling. Uh, and also, even weirder, I mentioned last issue how the, the Joker War tie-in just felt like slapped in the middle of the arc. The fact that the first page was the same as the first page of this and they just cut away from it is even more telling that, no, no, this is just in the middle of the arc and we're interrupting it because of editorial, which is entirely editorial's fault. I will give them the blame for that one. But really ruins the flow, I guess, if you care about this story. Um, yeah. I'd say this issue is marginally better than the last couple, even though the art is probably at its weakest. I mentioned the terrible... Uh, Corey at the start. There's a terrible, terrible page where Artemis is pushing shut the uh, the wall to the Chamber of All, where it's just, here's a gratuitous ass shot for no reason whatsoever, uh, which is, you know, really bad. And there's some really bad faces in this issue as well, which I haven't really noticed in previous issues. Uh, and, and do you know what? It's Jason faces that are the worst, and it's when he hasn't got the half mask on, when he's talking to Roy. So I wonder if the fact that he has the half mask on covers a lot of the problems that would have been there in previous issues, because I don't know how often we see him without that. Um, yeah, it's not it's not great. It's a 3.5, maybe? Yeah, on the upside, though, now that Trigon is dead, he can finally start that movie career that he's been, uh, he's been hoping for, and we can get such hits as Trigon in 60 Seconds. And try going with the Did wind. Did you not get enough of the shit last month? <laughs> I can't say Trigon fishing because that's that's what I used for the title last month. Yeah, yeah, you did that. You did you did Trigon be Trigons. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. I don't uh, know what else you did, but those were the ones that, that spring to mind. Are you telling me that Try is gone? Is that what you saying? Did Try gone? Yes, that is exactly what I'm telling you. I'll shut the F up. He's gone, everyone. He's gone. All right, there you go. That'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, top five, if there was indeed five, because I may actually not be at five. Maybe I'm at four. Oh, I'm at five. I think I'm, I think I'm just at five. So I'm at five, so you must be. We'll start off with panel slash moment. Um, it's only two of us this week, so I can't make Matt go first. So... I suppose I'll jump in here, and it, ha- it has to be, well, it's, it's, it's one of two things from Batman. It's either Oracle saying she's back, and then the page of like, everyone fighting with her talking to them, or it's everyone jumping in behind Nightwing. It's one of those two moments. So, I'll probably go with the everyone jumping in behind Nightwing, but both are pretty equally, like, you know, it's, it's basically Babs and Dick affirming themselves as the two leaders of the Bat family after Batman. They, they are the, the two seconds in command, as it should be. But yes. No, fair enough. Those are both good moments. Um, and I'm maybe being surprising by not choosing either of them. Uh, I'm just going to go with Deceased and go with Darkseid Isn't. Which, I feel I like I might have used Darkseid Isn't the first time that came up in the original Deceased, but I'm doing it again here. That may have been my next pick. But, uh, uh, so in covers... Uh, if we dive into that, I had there's a couple of good variants for Batman. I think I'm going to go with the one for deceased dead planet though, 
which I I, you know, it took, I was sitting here while you were talking about Red to try to, to think. figure out which movie it was. Yeah, and I think it's Aquaman. But, it is Aquaman, yeah. But it took me a while because it's, like, it's it's all the Green Lanterns and and uh, you've got Dinah, of course, the Green Lantern version of Dinah up at the front kneeling down with the sword, and I'm like, what is this from? They are really nice, but like I was like, what is this? And it's like, it's Aquaman. Uh, I realized that all the rocks that are floating through space are supposed to be sharks. are supposed to be the fish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's no, it's a very good cover, and I think that's uh, Inca Clique who did yes. that cover. Yes. And I'm actually going to choose a different Inca Clique uh, cover, uh, which is the Far Sector one. Oh, there you go. Uh, his variant, um, very nice. Um, but I actually, you know, that uh, that deceased cover is pretty great. I actually didn't even look at the first set of ones because it doesn't count as DC on this list. I forgot to check yes, Young you Animal. Have to, you have to check Young Animal. Did but you check Wonder Comics for Young Justice? I didn't, but I already ruled that out. I knew I was. I knew I was leaving that one out. I forgot okay. about. I, I checked it because I hadn't seen the covers, so I was like, I better have a look. Uh, and it is a Manipal cover, and it is nice. I, I'm happy with my choice, um, but it's 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 not Manipal's. I mean, it's not standout work. It's just a lineup shot. All right. What's your favorite uh, art of the week? Art of the week has to be Far Sector, I think. Campbell's great. Yeah. I mean, I've also got Zermanico here. I think the main art mm-hmm. in Batman's really good, but I'll probably agree with Far Sector as an overall. Uh, hell, if we got a full issue of Mate Perkins Swamp Thing, I might have picked that. I can I can appreciate that uh, that choice, to be honest. I might have done if we'd got like a full issue of that, but hey, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, what's your top five? It is, um, what's number one? Batman? No, Deceased. Deceased Be- Dead Planet. Then Batman. Then Far Sector. Then Justice League Swamp Thing. That is fair. Uh, I just realized this is the, maybe the first time in a long time where if Matt's missed an episode, he's not sent any uh, thoughts. I assume it's because he was away like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's been like busier yeah, the whole I, weekend. Um, I did message him earlier today yeah. going, hey, did, did you read any your comics yet? And he's like, no, I haven't got to them. So I didn't yeah. bring it up. Aye, aye. So he's, uh, obviously he'll read them before. I don't know if he'll read them before next week necessarily. Some of them he might if they're more relevant, but I imagine he'll, he'll read Batman before the next Batman and so on. Uh, so he, on. he might read Justice League if there's a metal thing death metal issue yeah. next week i don't know if there is or not uh i'm going to put batman at number one and then deceased dead planet at number two and then oh. far oh. sector at number three justice league at four oh. young justice at five there you go easy oh, that was actually surprisingly easy uh so there you go uh that's joe you know, this is easily the shortest episode of the show in years and it's a combination of a couple of things. One, there's only two of us, which usually does shrink it a little bit because there's not that third opinion. Two, uh, not a big list of books. And three, normally, if there's not a big list of books, I would throw in some questions. Uh, the reason why we didn't do that this time is because we had to squeeze in this recording on a late Friday night when we had other recordings to do at the same time. So I gave us the slightly shorter episode <laughs> to yeah. make it feasible. I would, I would say four, yes. there was like no news. There's also no news, yes, that's true. And, and also, just while we're at it, we, we recorded the, the episode, the, uh, the review of the last episode of The Boys, mm-hmm. and we forgot to mention it, but there was a great ice stabbing in that that I was reminding of in Batman, thanks to uh, you know you mentioning the ice stabbing of that. And, sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to mention any characters for, for spoilers' sake, but um, if, if you watch our reviews of The Boys, uh, it was, yeah, no, yeah. That, that was a 
pretty great eye stabbing moment. There was a there was a eye stabbing amongst all the violent things. Uh, that was a, a longish conversation though, which is why we uh, had to not extend the yeah, length this too much. It's like three a.m. now, and yeah, I, I I have my first day back at work in six months tomorrow. Yes, uh, which is why we're not recording at the usual time on Saturday. Um, so behave. Uh, but yeah, just to let you know why it's maybe a little bit shorter than you're expecting. Should be back to normalish length next week with the return of Matt. Um, so yeah, that is uh, that is the show basically. Uh, obviously, thank you to our Patreon producers who I'll now thank once I get my list up. Uh, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Those are twenty dollar or more patrons which means they are producers. Uh, but you can, of course, support us at much less than that. You can give us $1 per month, and for that $1, you get some bonus stuff for some of the other shows we do. The $5 tiers specifically, you get early access to the show uh, by 24 hours. Well, I shouldn't say exactly 24 hours, because it's not exactly 24 hours. It's, it, it's, give or take a day. Pa- patrons, patrons get it as soon as it's out of the oven on a Saturday. Admittedly, this week's a bit different because we recorded it early, but... As wait, soon wait, as, are, you, are you giving it to the patrons even earlier this week? Or are they kind of just waiting a little bit? Uh, no, they'll get, it this, they'll, get, they'll get it a bit earlier than normal because I, I can just have it ready during the day tomorrow as opposed to mm. normally we finish recording and I immediately start editing and then immediately you, render you do, and yeah. immediately upload it. Uh, yeah, as soon as it's out of the oven, then everyone else gets it the next night uh, at whatever time yeah. that is. So... Uh, you know, check out Patreon. Check out the, the the Twitter DC Comics Podcast or at DC Comics Podcast. I you know sometimes I leave off the at because I assume everyone knows you have to put the at first, but just in case, right? Just in case. You never know. People, you know, might not know. And do, and do you know what else people might not know? What's that? What's coming next week? I did forget to tell them that, didn't I? Uh, you did, yeah. Okay, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me go. Let me go back to. <laughs> just completely ruined your flow there in, in your your final. Bits, Look, but... it's three. It's after three a.m. All right, it's time for other things. I'm not even going to bed. I've got, I've got, I've got other plans to think, do things. But it, I need a break. I've been sitting here talking for absurdly long, like like three hours, probably. Yes. So I could do with a uh, thing. So here we go. Next week, DC Comics that are coming out in the second October week of the year of our Trigon twenty twenty. <laughs> the year of the Trigon. Detective Comics 1028, The Flash 763, Wonder Woman 764, Superman 26, Dark Knight's Death Metal number 4, so we're back to the regular issues for that. I mean, it didn't really flick it went anywhere because all those one-shots felt really important. Uh, Strange Adventures issue 6, Just League Odyssey issue 25, The Batman's Grave number 11, Green Lantern season 2 issue 8, Rorschach issue 1, so we've got a big new issue 1 next week. You got Hawkman 28, Batman the Outsiders 17, um, and DC the Doomed and the Damned issue 1. What the hell is that? I don't that's know another, what that is. That's, that's another Halloween anthology. This is a 100 page uh, oh, okay. anthology. So that's Batman actually. Batman and the Outsiders, I think, is the final issue, right? That's the final, that's the final issue, yeah. Uh, so it's a healthy week next week, uh, which means we're probably not going to look at that and, anthology. But um, And Flash is the first of the, let's be honest, fill-ins. It's the uh, fill-ins, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see whether or not we, we get to that or not. Is that a question? Well, it might be with the amount of other... I, I didn't realise Rorschach and Strange Adventures were all next week. Uh, no, I'll definitely read Flash. I'm not, I have no doubts. I mean, it's a regular size issue. <laughs> so, I mean, it is, it is. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll fart that one out in my sleep. It's easy. Uh, so, there you go. That's what's coming next week. 
Uh, so yeah, it's been episode two, 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 um, and we'll be back next week with two, two, three, because that's how numbers work. Unless you're in the antimatter universe or something akin to that. I I want to see your proof that they don't work like that in the antimatter universe. Or even maybe if you're certain characters in Tenet, for example, maybe things work a little bit differently. But uh, I've haven't seen Tenet, so I, I don't call on that one. I know you haven't, but I'm just for people who have seen Tenet, you know what I'm talking about. So thank you very much for joining us uh, and supporting the show. Uh, back to full throttle next week uh, with the returning Matt. And if you're worried that you know Connor having this new job because he's obviously shifts are going to be changing every week. Uh, we'll get into the habit of switching between recording days, depending on when we need to. There will be situations where if Connor has to work a Friday and a Saturday at the times we would record at either slot, he may have to miss a week in those cases. Uh, but hopefully he's always off one or the other. To uh, Yeah, I have no idea what to expect shift-wise yet. So... That said, everything's shutting down So again, so it won't actually be a problem. Literally, where I am, it's, <laughs> I, I'm working my foot, I don't know, like a, an interview trial shift a couple of weeks ago. I have my first actual shift tomorrow, Saturday, and it seems like everything where, you know, including the place that I'm going to be working is going to be shut down again on Monday. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. Uh, so close and yet so out in the distance. You... It, it really hurts financially, let me be honest with you. You know, he, he tried so hard. Do you know how much effort it took to get an actual new job in the current economic climate you to tried... then go, all right, yo, you got it, you got it, you did it all, you did all the hard work. Here's your first shift. Oh, oh, by the way, yeah, never mind. Back to back to not working. You try it so hurts. hard, but try gone. I knew you were going to do that. I was so... try, <laughs> trying to get away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Here today, try gone tomorrow. So, that is us. Thank you very much once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.